0: Hi everybody, before I begin, I want to remind you that I'll be at Twin Cities con the first weekend this November. Uh, it's at the Minneapolis Convention Center. Tickets are available. I believe there's a discount if you order them now before you get the show, get to the show. I will be there uh, selling my artworks, my comics, and of course promoting the show. I truly love to meet fans of the show and talk, of course, podcasting, film, and other stuff with my fans. So please, I hope to see you at Twin Cities Con this November. I'll put the link down below, so if you're interested, check out what other celebrity guests will be there as well. Thanks for listening, and thank you for finding us. If you hit the like and subscribe button, it helps the show greatly. And also tell your friends about the show as well. Thank you for listening. Okay, we're back. And today we have
1: Sarah Atkinson.
0: Okay, she knows it's dedication time. So, Sarah, what would you like to dedicate this episode to?
1: I'm dedicating it to all my friends and family who have supported me um, as a filmmaker. Uh, So I would and especially to I'm not I won't make you guys listen to all the names, but the the big name is my sister, Jennifer Buck, who has kind of been my right hand human throughout my writing and um, producing and uh, she's an artist. She makes my film props and Wonderful. couldn't do it without her. So. Is she older or younger? <laughs> yeah, a year older than me. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure
0: you guys stole each other's shirts in school. <laughs> <didn't>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean,. Right. Yes. Some, some shirts, right, <laughs> some
0: of them you wear better than I do It, some, it was yeah. all
1: her, she stole my clothes oh. I would never, <laughs> never
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, wonderful, let's start the show then
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the St. Paul Filmcast With your host, Nick Palladichuk Each episode, Nick interviews filmmakers and other artists from the Twin Cities area I'm Carly Polillo, and thanks for listening And thanks for finding us. Please give us a review and feel free to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And now, lights, camera, action. All right.
0: Uh, Thanks for listening. And today we have...
1: Sarah Atkinson.
0: Hello, Sarah. Hello. So, is your just first, first time doing an interview kind of a thing?
1: Yeah, like in any interview. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, but if you didn't, you can't see it, but I got a big spotlighter. It's like 60 minutes right now, so.
1: <laughs> no, it's not.
0: Hi, this is really weird because we know, and we talked about it before we started, we know a lot of people. Yeah. We mutually know a bunch of people, but you and I have never crossed paths yet before. No,
1: no, uh, yeah, but yeah, we ha- we kn- we have a lot of people we know in common that I've met and you've met, but we've never met each other. <laughs> right,
0: yeah, and you've just, just early on, is like the last couple of years, started doing filmmaking.
1: Yeah, I've, um, so I've been an actress for over 20 years, but I've only been a filmmaker for about four years, okay. and this uh, is... M- my I'm work, currently working on a Z-Fest film, and it'll yeah. be my third film I would love to that, that. I produced and written. I'd love to
0: talk about that a little bit. Yeah, more later on. But sure. I just want to. So, you did you do like mostly film, TV, or were you doing stage acting as well? I've
1: never really done stage acting, so everything that I've done has been um, commercial and uh, indie film. Okay. Style.
0: And How, I mean, it's been 20 years, so was it something you always wanted to do, or just something that just kind of organically throw, yeah, like maybe I'll give it a tr-
1: shot at? Um, it's it's something that I always wanted to do. I grew up in Iowa, so there, okay. was, and back then, there really wasn't, um, when I lived there, there wasn't much of a film industry there at not all. Not a lot of options. Um, uh, there's yeah. a little bit in Des Moines, but um, n- not really. <laughs> and uh, I lived in the Marion Cedar Rapids area, and there was. Almost nothing there at all. So then later on when I was in my late 20s, I moved to Minnesota. And that's where I really got to know uh, the film community and uh, realized that that was a thing that you could do here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah.
0: yeah. And then you got started like doing commercials and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think doing commercials, especially for acting, is very important because you understand the structure um, of kind of telling a story in about 10 seconds. Yeah. And the the quick things about you know getting set up, getting this way, getting, yeah. I think it's an important avenue to at least try to do. I know a lot of actors want to keep almost like a purity sense, but I think it's a very healthy thing to get started, at least auditioning for commercials as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and, and you know, it's um, because the commercial gigs pay. <laughs> It's that a great too. way to finance your own work. <laughs> right. Yeah. That
0: too. Yeah. But it's also yeah. But it's also like you have kind of almost sometimes they adjust it on the fly too, and you have to be able to adapt to that. Y-
1: yeah. It's um for b- b- being on set. It's um like as far as learning goes. Yeah. It's a great way to learn. You know how to be on a professional set. Yeah. For sure. Yeah.
0: Um, with a acting background for a lot of years, do you think it translates? pretty well doing that first before you become a director
1: I don't think you would have to do it in that order right. but I do think like if so I started as an actress yeah I think for me to understand the other side of the camera helps me as an actress. I think if you started out as a director, it would help you to take a class on acting, even if you never plan on acting.
0: I agree a hundred percent.
1: Because you're trying to learn how to direct an actor. You know, there's all kinds of technical stuff with directing as well, Mm -hmm. Um, but that's not all of it. You're also directing the actor. And um, I think to learn how to do that, it's good for you to kind of understand the actor's perspective and where they're coming from exactly so right. yeah
0: even I, even if you not interested you just want to be a director take at least one acting class for sure and if you're not comfortable how it handles then you understand how <laughs> yeah. yeah even i um i think my next live action movie i would do i would have some kind of like acting coach on set yeah just to correspond with me
1: oh yeah there. that yeah. would be great and some yeah. you know directors are kind of all over the place because some of them even though they've never acted or taken an acting class are amazing. And it just kind of comes naturally to them. And then other directors get the technical stuff really, really well, but they, they struggle with directing actors. And so um, having someone like that on set would be, you know, fabulous. (laughs) Yeah. I I agree.
0: There's a lot of things you need to think about, but you're a director, you're going to be talking to your actors. Yeah. And kind of get to the, Understand their vernacular, vocabulary, how to talk with them, what you want. Instead of just, ha- where's your mark? Or some people like that. You know? Yeah, I know some yeah. people like, some actors are like, where's my mark? Okay, I'm good. See you later. But there's other actors that are like, let's talk about my character. Let's do this. Well, yeah.
1: it's that <clears throat> part of it's that when, like as an actor, when I'm in a scene, yeah, I can feel like everything feels great, but I can't see what the camera sees. I can't see the shot that the directors are looking at. Yeah. So sometimes what I'm doing might feel great to me, but it might not look great in the shot. And so um, that's part of that communication, exactly, you know, yeah. is that why us actors um, might not you know 100 percent get it right and we need that direction because we can't see what you're seeing you know yeah. in the shot
0: <laughs> are you um comfortable seeing yourself in on camera um
1: <laughs> i think as comfortable as anybody could ever get with that it's it's always weird but i mean i've been doing it a long time i'm used to it i yeah. like to see the stuff that i do i want to see the sure the completed film um you know i always say if i didn't see the completed film it would almost be like a painter that's not able to look at their painting that they just did yeah. but um i always i think a lot of actors are like this like we always see all our weird um you know movements that we think like oh my gosh look at this and look at that and uh did you know yeah. do i really talk like that does my voice sound like that that's horrible you know <laughs>
0: I, you're right, yeah. Because everybody looks at themselves like, "What? Why did I do that?"
1: We nitpick, Go, yeah. nitpick every little. Gosh, wish, did yeah. somebody fix
0: my collar when I was on there? Or something like that. Something like yeah, that, right? Yeah.
1: It's
0: it's never perfect. Yeah, and, there's and always something. That's something I think is healthy. It's never going to be perfect. It's something yeah. Strive for, but right, it's never going to be our perception of what perfect is. And I think Christian Bale said it best. He envies a lot of people who aren't actors because. You get to see the magic. We're behind and we know how it got made and we kind of lose that, but you guys get to enjoy the magic of it, Bel- seeing the magic show. While we see the kind of behind the tricks of how it got made and it kind of yeah. loses its luster. And I see that many times when I work with, like, in a horror set, we know how it got made, and then we're not shocked by it because we know we've oh, been on a set. Oh yeah, yeah. But you guys get the pop and everything, the sh- the shrieks and the oh, believability, yeah. right? We, we
1: get to feel all the emotions that go along with everything yeah. as an act as actors. We get to feel those emotions, you know. That well, we actually hope that the crew does too, because you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we want to have that effect on people, almost like they're you know, because the crew gets to watch a live show, you know, and so we always hope, I always, you know, like when a scene's over, hope to look out and see people kind of reacting. Right,
0: the sound, the sound guy holding that thing up for seven hours with his arms.
1: Yeah, yeah, hurting. Sometimes they can't because they're too busy with that, you know. Yeah, the guy that's holding the boom pole for seven hours might be like, oh, is she ever going to be done? You know? Or the
0: camera operator has been holding that for like five yes, hours. Right? Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. So yeah. You, yeah. It's um, it's also very important to round up a crew that you could trust too behind the camera. Yeah. That makes actors and people comfortable and trust yeah. as well. So, um, it's weird because I think when you're on camera, it's almost instead of a stage where you're playing to thousands of people, you're playing to that one person. Yeah. And it's almost like sometimes, even though you're doing a scene with somebody, you're acting for that camera.
1: For sure. Like the camera is kind of like, um. Yeah, I mean it's it becomes uh, kind of like another actor on set sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: especially for yeah. the close-ups where it's like yeah, right there, right. the lights and yeah. And now, you, now cry.
1: <laughs> yeah, because sometimes the people you're yeah. like if they are doing a close-up shot the the person you're doing the scene with isn't even in there anymore it's just the camera and so then then the camera really does become like the opposite you know whoever you're doing that you know is doing opposite lines you know the camera becomes that person oh. and so yeah for sure there's that intimacy with the camera
0: so since directing and your experience acting um i'm sure you get a little more comfortable doing like your remote auditions for your camera remotes auditions and like that
1: yeah like auditions from home and all that yeah yeah because yeah, um I can't even remember since COVID, you know, the last time. So it was at 2020. Yeah. Um, The last time I actually did an in-person audition, it seems like even though, you know, they could do that now, I think it's just more convenient for everyone to do the at-home ones. Um, Sometimes, like for the second audition, they might call you in. But um, for the most part, even the commercial stuff, it's at least for the first round, for sure, it's always at home. Yeah.
0: But I think, yeah, with the experience of doing auditions and set up your own camera and stuff like that, it's a good vessel before you start directing also, too, right? It kind of almost symbiotic, like you do your visual, you do your own camera auditions. Oh, right. But it we, translates to how you can direct movies as well. You
1: mean like the, because I'd be directing myself when I'm doing the auditions at home kind of thing? Yeah,
0: and you know how to operate cameras and frames and compositions
1: well i know how to operate my cell phone <laughs> there you go right yeah. i wouldn't say i know how to operate I mean, a kids already know
0: about framing composition <laughs> yeah, now before yeah. the age of eight because yeah. they have been doing it a,
1: right? a little bit you're right you're right and um you know because i can look at even though i'm just doing it on my cell phone yeah i do have to frame it up and stuff like that and, it, and it's you know the at-home auditions are pretty basic you know there's not there's not action because i don't have someone else following me with the camera you know so you're yeah.
0: with a clapboard you're yeah. just
1: yeah you're, you're just in one space um kind of yeah. standing there and you know you have a certain amount of space that you can move around in and um but yeah i i, I mean i'm the one that has to do the lighting and you know and kind of frame it up and Uh, stuff like that (laughs) yeah
0: so if anybody's listening and it's interested in getting started acting what would you kind of recommend
1: to get started let's see if they if they've just moved in um there are um i'm trying to think like if you didn't because i didn't really know anybody and um i there was like uh groups that used to actually meet in person back then And that's kind of how I got to know people that, and I can't even remember what the group was called, but there was an actor's group that would get together and um, we would make, we actually made short films. It was a group of people and some of the people, yeah, Yeah. some of the people did camera work. Some of the people did sound, you know, it was a variety of things. Some of the people were actors. And so we'd kind of get together and then like groups of us would um, make these little films and then we would show them at, you know, one one of the, the times we would get together, you know, we would show them. And that's actually how I got to know people and how I got to know um, who the agents were. And But now there's Facebook groups, you know, because I don't know if there's yeah, as many that's, in now person.
0: It's, I, right. If you're kind of interested just to get your toes wet in the water to see what it's all about, look for groups. Look, yeah. Yes, maybe a class, well, an, just Break the ice, Yeah, like.
1: I would even say, even though I myself um, never got into the, the theater stuff as much, I still recommend it for, if, if you don't know anybody, because you could go to a college and take a class, Take and I did, actually, I did that as well. I took classes, um, uh, and that was really valuable. So I would say take, take a class, you could take a theater class through a college, or there are film, uh, there are several teachers that do film classes as well. So you could do either thing. Yeah.
0: Um, are you still consider yourself almost a student after all this time, still go to classes? Oh,
1: I I mean, I think there is always room for for learning, no matter how long you've um, been an actor, you know, that um, I think a class always has something to teach you. I haven't personally taken a class for a long time now, but that's only because um i'm on a budget and i have limited funds and so especially since i've become a filmmaker myself so then i'll think okay well i really really want to take a class again but i'd rather take that money right now and put it towards my own film that i'm making and so but i do i'm actually kind of buckling down on it and i'd really like to take another one in the near future
0: was there some actress that kind of inspired you you really were looked up to um
1: <clears throat> like Hollywood as far as Hollywood actors um, uh, Robin Williams was one that I absolutely loved because um, the thing about him that I love so much is that he could make you laugh so hard that you cried and he could make you cry so sad that you cried so he could do I loved that range like he he wasn't just one thing and so I agree yeah I just thought I want to be like that you know if I can even have half of that you know I'd be thrilled
0: (laughs) he would bring this almost comedic frivolous portrayal. Yeah. But then you bring weight to sometimes your dramatic things.
1: Yeah like the movie Good Will Hunting you know yeah. like he. He's not um, playing a comedian. No not at all and um, to me he was one of the things that made that movie so good you know that I, I love that movie.
0: <laughs> I like where they brought the script to him and he's like okay who really wrote this? <laughs> And then Matt Damon and Ben, no, we wrote it. No, really, really, come on. Come on. Yeah,
1: because they were like, I think, <laughs> early 20s or something. Yeah, yeah. Who wrote it's like, this? like, no, come on, who wrote this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have been these young college kids.
0: <laughs> oh, so for the new movie that you're making, did you um, write it yourself, too?
1: I wrote it myself. Um, uh, my sister assists me, like I do the writing, the brunt of it. But um, I always show the drafts to her. Um, she's an English major, so that always is very useful.
0: <laughs> yes, I would. If you want to be a writer, make sure send it to share it with people. Right? Yeah, it doesn't come from a absolutely.
1: Vacuum. Yeah, because yeah, you got it. You just got to get other sets of eyes on the script. And I don't. Right. I show it to her, and then I get it to a point where I feel pretty comfortable, and then I will start showing it to other people too, because especially like uh, the films I've written have been comedy, people's, you know, what I think is funny, it's so subjective comedy, it's one of the things that makes it hard. And so um, I need a lot of eyes on it to see, well, is everybody thinking, you know, laughing during the same parts, or are most of the people I'm showing this to really not thinking it's funny, even though I think it's funny.
0: (laughs) Yeah, especially if it's dialogue heavy comedy yeah that's really like, hard you know, yeah slapstick and yeah. physical yeah but it's also kind of a dialogue heavy comedy. yes yeah Um that's challenging I, I think it's, it's really comedies, hard <laughs> right but also I think it's necessary for every movie to have and I've had this conversation with a lot of film critics there has to be some kind of element that alleviates the pressure to make you laugh
1: exactly yeah for sure that you where you can kind of lift your spirits um that you don't feel like weighted down. Um, And those films are good too, like with the really deep storylines, but sometimes we don't, we don't want all that weight on us. Like if, especially during certain times, I think we, as humans feel the weight of the world on our shoulders already. And to just be able to go somewhere and it's, everything's lighthearted and you just get to laugh. I think it's awesome.
0: (laughs) One of the best movies I've done it for me this year so far was Julianne Dreyfus and you hurt my feelings. Yeah. where she's a writer teaching a writing class, and then she realized her husband does not like her writing. So he's <laughs> eavesdropping and overhearing the conversation. Yeah. And she believes he's been she's been lying to her the entire time. And it's a kind mm-hmm. of a dialogue, that, we, especially if you've been a writer, of, you know, sometimes you don't want to listen to your friends. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, you want to give feedback. But the encouragement is she's a writing teacher. Yeah. So her students... And like, have you read my book? Not really.
1: <laughs>
0: so it's no. kind of funny, right? At yeah. The, it's kind of the self competition also that we have that, you know, um, even though your husband is probably honest and like, I don't really like your stuff, but you, maybe you should have that conversation because uh, there's somebody out there that will enjoy it. Yeah. Even though it's not your significant yeah. other, right?
1: I have people that I like giving my writing to that I know they don't tend to have the same sense of humor as me, but they give very good um, uh, feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, their feedback, I, like, I know we're, like, the people, like, they might be coming from a different angle than me and they might not like my scripts overall and they're just not going to because they don't have the same type of humor, yeah. but their feedback is still important because they will help me catch things that, you know, maybe aren't really coming together. Yeah. So yeah, that constructive criticism. It's just really to get because a lot of people will just say, no, I didn't like it or yes, I like it, but you don't get the details. So I have people that I like to send my scripts to that will give me details, even though I know they're never going to like it.
0: (laughs) I had I'm going through my 10th revision of my short film for the last two years and it's healthy. I've sent my script to pretty much females and I'll send it to you too, but when I wrote it, I said dressed up, which I meant was in costume. Oh, yeah. And then what do you mean dressed up? When you when females read that, they mean like we're going to a ball like formal gowns <laughs> and wears. Yeah. No, it was like like costume. I was like, shoot, I'm going to have to change everything because that's what I translated. That's what I wrote. That's yeah. Like dressing up to go out. I thought I was putting in Halloween costume makeup. Right. Right. I should have wrote it that way and then when i mention yeah. that it's like now we understand right that, <laughs> that's another reason to give it to other people to read because right. things can get um kind of muddled with especially when explaining details
1: yeah um
0: i would especially if i write for female characters i'd like to submit to females yeah so like does this sound what houses sound yes very well yeah so are you comfortable writing dialogue
1: I I am I'm still. I I consider myself a rookie. I'm not someone who can, you know, sit down and even a short script for like a a film fest where it's going to be short, you know, a seven minute film. I'm not someone who can just write out the script and in two weeks it's done. Like it it's going to take me months, even a short script.
0: Yeah. So
1: I'm so I'm a rookie. I'm not I'm not fast, but I'm comfortable with it. Yeah. But I. I guess I'm not comfortable showing other people my stuff until it gets to a certain point. And, sure. and then it, it will take me several months to get to that point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you do outlines for him, even though they're short films? I do, I do. Really? I, um, a
1: lot of times I'll start with an outline. It's oh, well, i mean, it's God, a, so It's more I like a, just like a little concept. It's not yeah. like there, there aren't details in it. It's just kind of like this is what the story – it's just like a – it'll be about a page. Okay. And it'll just be a run-through of – the basic events that happen in the film and then the characters that are in it, you know, I'll have like a, but but there really won't be details about the characters or anything like that.
0: Okay. So but you do them.
1: I do. I do them. Oh. And it really helps me because um, the sequence of events matters, especially with, well, probably anytime, but with comedy, it really matters. Timing. Like you've got yeah. it. That timing is everything. And so it kind of helps me just arrange things in my head. Like what will be fun, you know, what order, you know, the order of events, like what's going to be funny.
0: Sure. Right. Um, when you write, do you have an ending in mind or do you write towards it?
1: I have. Sometimes I have, I, especially with the short films, I struggle with endings. And so that'll be yeah. like,
0: I think we all do. Right? Yeah.
1: Don't we Right. Yeah. especially with the short films? Cause it's like, yeah. Oh, my seven minutes is up now. What do I do? How do I end this and make it seem like an ending and not just like, Oh, she ran out of time.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think that's, I think it's crucial to have an ending in mind. Yes. And it can yeah. Evolve and change. Mine's mine, on <laughs> my ten times over, but I know the yeah. concept of what I want to do at the end. Yeah. But right. There has to be something that you're going to. Yeah, I'll
1: have like like that. It'll be a con a conceptual ending, but um, like the exact way that it, that it's going to end might change right up until like the the final draft before i start sending it out to actors sure. <laughs> like it'll it'll be like the last thing that changes And yeah. my endings sometimes are too long where I'll, I'll need to find ways to cut them like it's like okay that's you're overdoing that it's not sarah that's not really funny anymore you know you can shorten <laughs> that
0: <laughs> especially for comedy it's like how long can you hold the joke right, right? yeah like is it worth five seconds you know to right. little space or is it a punch and then a rapid accession kind of yeah thing? yeah
1: and you have to know when to give away your punches you know like if you give them away too soon now you've got let's say you give it away at minute one now you've got the whole six minutes left of a short film you know to try to figure yeah. out what am i going to do with the other six minutes i already gave away my punch at minute one <laughs> right so, it's almost
0: that rhythmic for comedy said yeah jab jab big delivery right and almost like with horror it's that scare scare boom it yeah you. so it's almost like a certain rhythm of you know Jabba jab, a little fun, fun, fun. Yeah, exactly. Blast because you can't blast them right away because then you have to maintain that ele- elevation. Yes, yeah. Like airplane did it. They maintained ele- it. Yeah. Never, you never got to chill. It was rapid succession of jokes. But if you want something for seven minutes where you want a little breathing room a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like the punch and then. Now, now we're calm for a little bit and then there's another punch and then we end it or, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then like some,
0: I don't know, you probably have to write some kind of character straight.
1: Yeah. Yep. Like, I always think there's the glue, the glue that kind of holds all the, the so you have like the weirdos that are, <laughs> and then you have the, the glue. exaggeration, <laughs> right. Yeah, the exaggerations and then the glue. And I, I think, yeah, a lot of times you kind of, it'd be hard to write something without the, the character that's the glue.
0: Right. Moe's always the center for the Three Stooges. Yeah. Yeah. And the other ones are out of their mind. Yeah. But he's yeah. also like knock it off, come on guys. Yeah. Yep. And
1: the other yeah. ones the is... reasonable one that's um quote normal. <laughs> right. And
0: also for me, I don't I've taken comedy theory in college, but there's also a, le- a level of immaturity when you do comedy. Not everybody's fully mature enough. but that's <laughs> kind of the take of it. You can play with being kind of juvenile. Well, yeah i mean
1: yeah. every anyone who knows me would say that's why i write comedy <laughs> that level of immaturity just comes so naturally to me <laughs>
0: <laughs> right when like when you know mel brooks has characters and adult go to your room you're <laughs> right and then you treat them like children almost yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's yep. a certain element of how would because if you're fully mature, where's the funny of that?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. you got to
0: take some things personal. Well,
1: yeah. and like the ridiculous, you got to have that ridiculousness, you know, like that, yeah. uh, you know, you don't want to make everything, it, the exaggerations and the ridiculousness are part of what makes it funny too. So everything's not going to happen exactly like it would in real life, you know, right. otherwise it's not funny.
0: <laughs> do you start with a joke first or you insert it or do you like set it up that way? or is there like some kind Sometimes, of a spark of a like, like a line? the
1: big the script will re- revolve around a certain joke you know like okay. i might make a whole script out of uh, like a circumstance that was funny sure. and i'll be and i'll make a whole script out of that um, but i would say a lot of the things that hopefully people will laugh at okay. they kind of come as i'm writing the dialogue so i'll i'll have the general concept and then i write the dialogue in and and you know the that's usually sense. where the jokes come from it's people reacting to situations or, or whatever might right. be going on
0: yeah because uh Thij and shang that's one joke and they mean yeah million, that's one. they were high yeah. that's it
1: <laughs> just a couple of guys getting stoned right yeah. that's there that was one
0: joke but they made yeah. a career right. out of they the one a career, yeah. <laughs> one joke right yeah so it's it's hard to there's so many avenues you can do you can do like the slapstick you can do the, yeah the, the more like dialogue heavy, like Groucho Marx, which he's yeah. just in insults to you. Yes. Or, yeah. you know, he can do Chevy Chase, which he gives you a compliment, but it's insulting at the same yes, time. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Yep. So there's many different avenues. How do you think you're comfortable with yours? Um, or, or, I'll translate, do you accept all kinds of forms? In, in-
1: I would say I, I accept all kinds of forms. I can't really think that there's any one thing. Like me... Um, I guess you could say if I was going to think of one thing that maybe gives me ideas would be characters. Like I love kind of analyzing and studying people and how people act and react and people's, you know, everybody has a, a different accent, you know, depending sure. on where they're from or even fam- certain families will have certain accents or certain um you know things about them that might seem quirky you know and so
0: we live in minnesota we love quirky
1: right quirky yeah yeah. brothers and 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 so that i would say that it's the characters that kind of inspire ideas for me because i'm a character driven person
0: yeah and then somebody's tragedy is somebody else's comedy almost
1: yeah yeah yeah, it could be (laughs) Right, i think
0: cone brothers do that marvelously yeah, where somebody's tragedy in their film, we're laughing at. It.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can, you can for sure do that. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, do you like Coen Brothers and stuff like that? Do you watch other films and like, could this be a comedy? Or do you? Do you, you mean like
1: your, a drama? Like the, attorney yeah. turning. Um, I don't. Not really. I wouldn't say that I like if I'm watching a drama that I'm thinking, you know, how could this be funny or anything like that? Right. That's
0: what I was kind of going for. Yeah,
1: yeah, not, not really. But I do think there are certain situations like something that may have happened to me that it wasn't funny when it happened. But now like fast forward a few years, it's like when you think of something like it's like, okay, now like a situation, there was a situation where I fell down the steps at a party. (laughs) <laughs> and, the, and the, the, everybody was gathered at the bottom of and the nobody step. had their they phones were, out and what we didn't have they, there was no phones back then i'm okay, that old right. no, nobody had ago, cell phones right. yeah right. nobody had cell phones thank god but so i make my this is like um it was right after i graduated high school so this was a long time ago and the party was in the basement and um and it, it had been raining and i had shoes on that were too tight and so i had taken them off at the top of the steps because they were hurting my feet <laughs> so the steps were wooden and slippery because they were wet and um of course i had a drink in my hand <laughs> took my first step whoom, right on my butt all the way down and i i all the way down to the bottom and to look up and everyone's staring at me and um the proud moment, and it wasn't funny at the time, but it's hilarious now. And my proud moment was that I kept my drink and still had it when I stood up. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure some spill, of it spilled, right? but I still had your it. Butt hurt, but you yeah. still Oh, head. yeah, I had bru- giant, I mean, it hurt so bad. I had <laughs> bruises all up my, up my legs. It was bad. <laughs> I mean, it hurt really bad, but I pretended like it didn't hurt, but it did. <laughs> <laughs> But that—that that, it's comedy now, right? Like, right. Probably wasn't so funny at the time, but it's hilarious now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you take uncomfortable situations sometimes. Yeah, unco- you, can, you
1: could something that's really uncomfortable and it wasn't funny, but um, now it's funny. And you could—I've um, even thought about that very situation. There, there could be a script around that somewhere someday. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah,
0: but I think it's interesting, and I'm trying to navigate toward that. Even though your central story isn't comedy, there has to be something in it that's funny yeah right even like star wars there's things in star wars that's funny oh yeah yeah you know, han solo like it's not my fault the Millennium falcon not working and all yeah that right there's certainly elements well, of comedy in there yeah so i yeah. think you have to find some way to put it in their in script
1: yeah 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 my yeah.
0: favorite movie the maltese falcon has a sometimes you can laugh at it because um bridget osana she says to Sam Spade, you're not going to go to the police, are you? And he's like, "Go to him.
1: All I have to do is stand still. they be sworn in. I don't have to yeah. go to
0: him." And that's kind of leaves at the pressure, kind of funny. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the they call it the comic relief. Like even in yeah. a, a film that isn't funny, or yeah. the
0: line but, that you better put comedy in it, or we will we will put the comedy in it when we review it, right? Oh, right. Or somebody yeah. else will, right? Or <laughs> yeah, else will. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's hard. I think it's something you have to learn and train yourself to figure out because. It's very important, especially if you're going to write dramas. Yeah. There's something in there. Um, are you comfortable with cliches? Or do you think about it when you're writing?
1: Um, so a cli- especially a with comedy. can work for, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it can, it can work. Um, you know, it depends on how you do it, like because there's like the cliche where if people read it and it's like an eye roll and then it's not funny yeah. or but you can take a cliche and make it funny for sure. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So it's only in your back of your mind kind of, oh, that's been done before. But let's
1: it, it figure can, out It puts- can be OK. It just yeah. depends. I mean, there are no rules at all. I mean, there really aren't any rules. <laughs> so or right. you could say they're rules, but they're meant to be broken. Yeah. So really, you know, it just depends. I mean, um. Yeah, you don't, I mean, you, I would want to stay away from the, what I call the eye roll one. And it's like, oh my God, we've done that before, you know, that, and then it's not funny. But sometimes you can take something that has been done a million times and make it funny because it has been done a million times. Right. The old, so,
0: um, my favorite one is running in the airport, airport catching your loved one oh the, yes uh, yes that's been done a thousand times that's one of my favorite
1: or you can take um like horror films right there's always the and it's usually a woman but it, okay probably sometimes men but usually a woman running through the woods and she always falls you know the bad guy's chasing her and she right. always falls you can or definitely she's running use as fast that. as
0: and he's walking but hes yeah he walking
1: keeps, super slow and
0: but he keeps up
1: totally comedy you can take that cliche make comedy out of that no doubt, no doubt.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can. it's uh, another thing for comedy. You can take a cliche that's all that's been yeah. done many times. Like this, taxis are always accessible as the movies. Yeah, and you can make it a comedy bit. You know. Yeah, yeah. Something turn into like it's yeah. somebody else. That's
1: oh, yeah. I'm
0: here. Or and um, I and
1: I think yeah. I've probably used. Um, I'm sure I've used cliches and because um, the 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 films that I make a lot of times the, there will be a, a dark edge. Like it might be still. Pretty much a comedy but there could be like it could be kind of a dark comedy or, or there might be like a little bit of a dark edge to the comedy <laughs> yeah
0: especially when the 80s when we were mixing genres yeah because there'd be like ghostbusters it's a yeah. horror and a comedy right yeah or we do sci-fi comedy or something yeah like so yeah we were mixing con- a lot of genres in the 80s yeah um whereas now it's pretty much standard No, um i don't know where what category would put Beetlejuice—that's more of a comedy than right, horror. right? Yeah, but there are some elements. that are like, oh, that's kind of yeah. Straight. Well,
1: like you mentioned, Ghostbusters. I mean, pretty much the like the dial. It's mostly funny, but there are ghosts that hurt people.
0: You know, the, right? You know, I mean, it's freak and, you and, out. Right. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that are. I mean, I guess kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That one's so goofy. I don't know. Are they scary?
0: <laughs> now, right? Well, right, now it's a classic. Yeah. Now you're ready for it. Yeah. But um, right? Do you uh? comfortable writing male and female dialogue
1: yeah I'm comfortable doing both I I have um my my brother is the main male I, I will give the script to him in, in the early stages to kind of have him look it over because I think when you are writing for um you know as a female and if I'm writing a male role I could put some things in there that yeah. it's like no that just doesn't sound right you know but it seems okay to me well and I think sometimes there's a difference in and, and I am generalizing, but like males might have a slightly different sense of humor than the average female does. And so I kind of yeah. want to th- sure. see, you know, OK, so my female friends all think this is funny. Would my male friends all, also think this is funny?
0: It's kind of a universal because sometimes jokes can land to yeah. other people. Because you there's... want
1: your whole audience to be laughing if you're, or, or you know, you don't want only the females to be laughing, you know.
0: And that's why um, like John Hughes movies works because he listened to the kids. Yeah. constantly, what is funny to them, what's the music, what's hitting, you know, and something that would translate to the work. But yeah, he listens to the kids, like, this will make it awkward and fun. Yeah. Yeah. And also, probably when you write comedy, I'm just going to assume that you find where the awkwardness is, kind of, almost. Yeah, there yeah. it has to be somewhere where something's uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. yeah, that always works.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> my, my criticism when I read scripts is, are you writing safe?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And for
0: jokes, I think you have to take a little bit of a risk. Yes. Not punching down or something like that, bullying. But you have to find somewhere where you can just kind of challenge yourself, see if that works. Yes. Yeah. Do you kind of agree with that?
1: Yes, for sure. Where when someone sees the film for the first time they might be like, wait, what? (laughs) I think Z-Fest, they call that the WTF moments. (laughs) Right, yeah. So, but it's like, um, and you're taking a chance because some, your audience in general might not get it. But, but if they do, it's, you know, then it's, you're going to get a good solid laugh out of it.
0: My one story that I worked on for writer's workshop was about like a serial killer had something stuck in his tooth, but the whole process of him scouting out a victim and he's got something in his tooth, and all of a sudden, yeah. and almost like Dexter, you yeah. got him on the slab, and he's about doo do slicing, and all of a sudden the thing comes out, and he's like, "Oh, what a relief!" Yeah, you know how I've been doing that for so long was in my and it hurt and everything, yeah. and then the person's about ready to, yeah, be
1: yeah. But those moments are so good. It's like, but what what make part part of what makes the film good are those weird, awkward moments. Yeah.
0: Now I'll give my script away so everybody can write that one. Where the yeah. So, right. I think comedy is kind of universal, but there's also little things that translate well regionally that universally doesn't. I know what I'm citing, like Fargo. There are certain things in Fargo that anybody not in Minnesota thinks it's hilarious. Yeah. Accents. Those accents. Dialogue conversations. Where we are regionally, we're like, why are you laughing?
1: Right. Because the the concept of it it isn't funny at all. You know, there's people getting chopped up and stuff. But then, yet, all these horrific things are going on around these characters that talk in that you know they have the minnesota nice and they're talking in that accent and so that's kind of yeah. what makes it funny i guess you know, and, you
0: know but, yeah yeah and I, that goes to my ne- next thing is especially with comedy or any other story tone doesn't have to the match theme
1: at yeah all. in yeah.
0: fargo the, if you explain fargo it's like oh my god it's awful yeah. but it's really funny <laughs> yeah. or um right i would think like thor Ragnarok, which is a very horrible theme of entire civilization is going to be wiped out yeah and then there's nothing stopping it yeah but the entire movie is comedy little bits yeah yep so yeah um yeah i always champion tone and theme doesn't have to yeah mix
1: yep up. So. yep back to the no rules or they're meant to be broken
0: <laughs> right. you know always thinking about that at least break one rule in your script
1: um, I don't Especially, consciously try. I, I'm not thinking about the rules. You know, yeah. it's more like um, just what I think is would work, I guess. I don't yeah. I don't consciously think about writing rules, I guess.
0: Right. Just what would work to make people laugh? Yeah,
1: yeah. I just think of what is this situation funny and the way the characters are reacting to it. Is it funny? And um, yeah. yeah.
0: Have you tried have you ever thought about doing stand up?
1: I would be horrible at stand-up. <laughs> you know, my family used to say that when I was a kid, you know, oh, she thinks she's a comedian and she should do stand-up. Because I yeah. used to tease people a lot. Like my parents, you know, I had accents and, um, uh, you know, when I would tease people, I would always have like, I would almost make, like my mom was a character. And so I had a certain um, c- character voice that I would use when I would imitate my mom, right. which she would want to kill me <laughs> on one, uh side but on the other side she it was kind of funny so they would be like oh you should do stand up but um i don't think i would do well with a big live audience i'm just yeah <laughs>
0: and it's hard because you need an open you need to break it open well,
1: with and they, an opening joke you yeah. have to maintain that and you they pay attention to their audience and they feed off of them and you yeah. know so like that i mean they have material that they write and that, that they'll use over various shows but like they'll be a little different every time because you're playing with the audience While you're doing the material. And I think I would be shaken at the knees and just, you know, I don't know if my presentation would be very good on stage in front of a a giant room of people.
0: Right. It's almost like, probably like if you want to do writing jokes, you'd probably like work like like late night night shows. Yeah. Like Jimmy Fallon's got a writing crew that sits there. Yes. Yep. (laughs) Sometimes it's got to be a ball to be in a writing room for a late night show.
1: I would love that. That'd be fun to see how that, or Saturday Night Live. Or sometimes (laughs) it might be
0: really devastating. Like, I can't think of anything to do. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: The the writer's blocks. And the good thing is that they have, there's more than one, you know, so they can, you can feed off of each other. And that is so helpful to not, especially I think with the comedy thing, trying to bounce ideas off of each other you feed off of each other and it's writing
0: does not happen in a vacuum you gotta share it with everybody right
1: yeah well that's what i do with my sister it's um i I will call her and i will usually tell her when i have the idea and we'll just start bouncing ideas back and forth and i'll take notes because sometimes she's got some really good ideas and um, it just helps get over that um writer's block and get you just want your head to be filled with lots of ideas that you can use yeah
0: um, you're in pre-production for your Z Fest film. You're going to be shooting it in a couple of weeks. Yes. So yeah. you kind of have the script ready. Are you kind of do you stick with that, or are you kind of little organically some things happen on set as well? A uh, um, little more fluid, or
1: yes, <laughs> little <laughs> so, both, little a little both. And yeah. it, how you know how much we st- so. My actors could completely stick with a script and it would work but um right. I love improv I love it when my actors can I like to improv myself you know like to me when you as an actor if you see a moment and you could something is going to be funny yeah. just try it you know and so i am definitely open to improv you know that sometimes actors know their character better than i as the writer do right <laughs> you know because um they're the ones that are going to be studying the lines and you know studying their character and how their character is going to respond and um you know so yes i have the lines in there and i think the lines work but um, i i love improv you sure know?
0: there's a great um example of that in the movie matchstick men Yeah, With Nicolas Cage and their con artists And Sam Rockwell And the script is said That Nicolas Cage is cementing His con over the phone They're telling him you want to Sweepstakes and everything Yeah, And they're going to come to their house and take their money And all that stuff Now the script didn't say anything about Sam Rockwell's character But if you watch it in the background His character is all getting giddy about Stealing money And he's dancing and everything So it's kind of like Right, it's not in the script, but he yeah. understood his character, what he would do, Yes, learning that you're scamming somebody over the phone and he's getting all excited about yeah. it. And that's yeah. kind of like the improv that I kind of like Understand? Yeah,
1: Yep. yeah. So, it's yeah, a some, wonderful
0: scene in the movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I mean, sometimes that's so much better than what I wrote that I would use the improv and not use the stuff that I wrote, you know? So right. um, it, it just kind of, yeah. So I, I love it both, but not all actors um, love improv either. Some of them, like, I mean, some of them like to stick to the script pretty good, and they just don't. No, yeah. Um, yeah, so it if just depends.
0: If we had Robert Williams, you just give him an the outline. Yeah, yeah just,
1: you, you write it. You, you go ahead and write your character. Here's the outline. Here's what's gonna. Here's here's the sequence of events. You do the rest.
0: <laughs> but yeah, but if you have somebody like that, you need a counterbalance for the comedy. Yeah. Somebody weighted that has
1: yeah, yeah,
0: almost like dramatic irony that is tired of the antics as much as like we are yeah we like to see him get you know through go through the crucible of handing up being with the exaggeration comedy also
1: yeah yeah well and sometimes like the when when you improv something the reaction that you get from your scene partners um uh is also a surprise so it can kind of seem more natural and more funny and just you know, yeah. than what you originally wrote. And then sometimes it doesn't work. You know, I mean, it's just, you know,
0: sometimes you just got to go flat and go with it. Right.
1: Well, well, not, yeah. I wouldn't say flat, but you oh, know, you right. just, you know what I mean? Like so- sometimes whatever was improv is better. And sometimes yes, it isn't. That's so, what, you okay. know, <laughs> yeah.
0: not just bomb on up. <laughs> not flat. Yeah. Right. Yeah, just bomb on stand up. Well, that's boring.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you do comedy, do you think about the music too? Cause that's kind of important. Isn't I, it?
1: It's, it's so incredibly important. And it's, um, as a a new filmmaker something i'm not great at i'm not um really good some people can like they put together a script and they know exactly what song would fit certain scenes i am that i'd say that's probably a a large flaw with me is that i'm not great at that i'm i'm trying to get better but um, uh i i always uh hope whoever is composing for me and uh and uh my post sound people can fill in for me you know i know yeah. when i hear something that goes with that scene i know what will work like sure, I can, yeah. but i'm not very good at being able to say oh you know this song would really fit here and you know we could use a little uh, you know of this here and this you know i'm just not great at that
0: it's it's an important element that i think you probably want to give the keys off to somebody else to come up with. For
1: me, you know, I think yeah. it's 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 something I need to improve on and get better at because I, music is every, you know, um, right. music makes such a big difference. Like if I, for me, when I watch my film in post-production before it's got the music in there and then after and what a huge difference that sound makes. You know, I mean, it just makes for setting the mood. It's so incredibly important. And so I'm mad at myself for not being very good at it. But, you know, we all we've all got our flaws. It's (laughs) it's
0: like if you're doing a parody, you want to get that sense of a dramatic thing. Yeah. 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 If you're doing a parody, if you're doing like little trinkets of like slapstick, you want a little bit of a jolliness to your film music yeah, or something yep, like that. Yeah. So it's just kinda of what kinda of temperament you want for the film. Maybe you yeah. want to contrast a little bit, like you want a serious tone for your but then have a quirky little music. Yeah. So there's different a lot of variety of options to pull up yeah. with. Yep. I'm thinking like Airplane has dramatic music at the mm-hmm. end. They want to sell the drama where it's stupid dialogue throughout yeah. the whole or you do like Kirby Enthusiasm has that quirky little music at the at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm so yeah it's it's a lot of options yeah to see if it pays off for funny yeah (laughs) (laughs) is there a comedy that you inspires you is there a certain one that you kind of
1: um let me think of um whenever anybody asks me that then, then i just draw a blank and i can't even think and yes i know there have been some like i can think of old ones um uh um like, uh, John Candy was one of my favorite. you remember him? Of course. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, I was yeah. so sad when he passed away. He was one of my favorites. He was really, really good at like more of the, you know, slapstick, you know, uh, out stuff. of his element. Not he wasn't good. Right. I mean, he wasn't terrible. At no, but drama, I want to say not. all
0: these characters are kind of out of their element. They couldn't yes, handle this the situation. Yeah, it's awkward.
1: But yeah. um, so Uncle Buck was one of my, and it's a really old movie. If if anybody, I mean, I would suggest seeing it right. if you have. That's another one.
0: It's funny, but the theme, the the tone is hilarious, but the theme is very dark. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yep, yeah. yeah, I I love that. I must have me and my uh, college roommate loved that, and we must have watched it a million times. I mean. <laughs>
0: I it's one of my favorites is Clue. I can, if you want, I can tell you the entire dialogue of Clue by hand from oh. memory. <laughs> so that's one of my favorites. I yeah, love, I love Madeline Kahn. So that works. Yeah, yeah. So do, when you write comedy, do you shut off all influences, or do you go back to watch other things and see? um what kind of is your process when you write comedies
1: when I write you know generally it is generally based on a character you know like I will have a character in my head that I want to write a script about script about and so I will think what so if I take this character and I put them in a um what what situation would be funny to have this character be in and a lot of times it's like there will be a like contrasting like the character might contrast with the um s- the situation you know like um oh
0: yeah so if we take like uh you and i could come up the character uh, sally yeah um uh, she's a private detective And everybody thinks she's very good at it, but she just kind of, it falls in her lap kind of a thing. She's not, she's accidentally clever, but everybody in the world thinks she's the greatest. It's almost like Inspector Cluzo kind of a thing.
1: Yeah, well, like I did, so the film I wrote two years ago for um, Z-Fest is called Down for the Count. It was what would happen if a vampire met a Karen, you know, like, the (laughs) right. So that, so I had the Karen in my head. And so I'm like, what situation can I put her in? Just talk
0: to him to death. Yeah. Like what would
1: happen if a vampire met a Karen, you know, like, and, um, so that, and then it just kind of went from there. She probably
0: critiqued the hell out of (laughs) it. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I love that because vampires, you can kind of write your own universe, right? Yeah. I mean, you make up your own rules if you want about what happens, right?
1: Yeah, yep.
0: I love that because that's kind of a mixture of awkwardness, but also a little more horror, but you're balancing it out with kind of like... Yeah. Yeah. Eat it the right way. Right. Suck his blood the right way. You're doing it wrong. (laughs) something like that. Right. It works.
1: Well, yeah, because then you got to think how the vampire react then because they're not expecting to meet a Karen, you know, so how are they going to... Because, you know, the Karen is such a character and then... You know, how are they going to respond to this character that, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's interjected to his probably or his or her process. Yeah. And then you're critiquing it or something. She's critiquing like, just leave you alone. No, I won't leave you alone. You're doing it wrong. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And it's probably things you see out in the real world.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Do you keep a little notebook with you or do you just...
1: Sometimes I do. Like I will... um, there's a makeup artist I've been watching on, um, that does like Facebook lives yeah. and it, I think it just popped up in my newsfeed. I don't know why, cause I don't generally watch makeup artists, but, the, but, yeah. and so, so she's, uh, such a character. I did start taking notes because I'm like, she needs to go into a script because she is such a character. Like the way she talks, she's got an accent, you know. I'm like, she needs to go into. So I have been taking notes. She always mispronounces words, you know. <laughs> and so every time she does, I'm like, and I'll go put, write down that word, you know, that she. Right, because that fits for dialogue yeah, for yeah, that character, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Then you got to put what kind of world setting?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Down. I'm thinking like something like Elvira. Remember Elvira? She's yeah, always yeah. had her she always created her own little world. Yeah. But then for like her movie you put that in suburbia. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like what would yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which is the central joke for the Adams family.
1: Yeah, like you, well you could do like what would happen if um uh Elvira met a um like a serial killer or something like that. Like yeah. what would happen cuz she's still always acting like Elvira. And then he's, and he thinks he's going to kill her, but she's at not reacting in the way that, you know what I mean, like stuff like that.
0: Yeah, she's like, <laughs> ew, why are you doing that? Yeah, yeah. Right, but then she has like her vampire coldness. Yeah,
1: too. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then how, how would he react? Because it's like this person, she's not screaming and yelling like I expect, you know? It's like, what, you know? So then right. you get, that. so that's kind of my process is, is that's usually what I start with. So, sometimes I'll um, think of just a general idea, like wouldn't it be funny if, like this situation, a certain situation happened, and then I have to go back and think okay, what characters would be funny in that situation?
0: Right, it starts with a little bit of like, it seems like when talking with you, it starts with like a situation, what if. Yeah. But you kind of ground it with something that you've seen in real life. Yeah. And then you just exaggerate the hell out of it. Yes. Right. Yeah,
1: I'd say most of my characters are based on real people, for sure. Yeah.
0: Right. Um, I always, when I critique art, I always and I talk to my art students even when you're writing you're acting everything where is your exaggeration? Because you got of put it somewhere. Where yeah. is your funny? Where is your exaggeration? Because it has to be somewhere in there that you are working yeah. to exaggerate features or something like that or persona. Yeah. I have a lot of people like, I want to draw comic books and I want to draw characters. And I was like, okay, w- for when you draw your character, where is the exaggeration? Does she have wild hair? Yeah. Is her out loud? Is her makeup yeah. Is yeah. her nose exaggerated? Mm-hmm. So you have to find somewhere, um, especially when you work in an artistic medium, where is the exaggeration? And it seems for you it's the comedic point of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Where's the other one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll take a somebody that I've known and I take them and I exaggerate them and then they become the character. (laughs) (laughs) Like one of my favorites it's from Saturday Night Live, um the I think it's Kristen Wig that that, I'm pretty sure it's yeah, it's Kristen Wig that does the target lady. Mm -hmm. Do you oh, remember yeah, that course. one? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that yeah. I just love that Well, you that know, character. Chris has been to
0: Target many times to like, yeah. I'm going to do this.
1: <laughs> but that one, like, yeah. I would do like on long car rides if I'm by myself and I'm bored, I'd be in there by myself doing my own imitation of Target Lady because I just thought it was so funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. I told you, Barb and Star is the best movie ever. Have you seen Barb and Star? Uh uh-uh. oh. Oh my god, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. You have to watch it. I love it. So, I'm gonna
1: have to take notes so I know what to go, <laughs> what to go see. I watched it, and
0: we were like 30 minutes in the movie, and my wife turned to me. And she goes, "There's no way in hell the next two ducks we get, you're gonna name Barb and Star." <laughs> <laughs> that was Kristen Wiig killing it on that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's very important to when you're writing, and I come and circle around, especially for comedy, take a few acting lessons. Mm-hmm. Comedy, watch everything comedic even if you don't think it's funny watch everything yeah to get where you want to it's kind of establish your base of where you want to start with your comedy kind yeah of like. that's what i'm talking about To you. yours kind of is like starts like almost a situation mm-hmm. rather than just one joke like teaching chong it starts with a situation yeah. what if this Yeah, happened? right right what if a vampire bit his tongue and then the tongue became a vampire <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then he couldn't talk or he talked with a lisp? <laughs> right
0: yeah right yeah and so it's all those kind of and it seems, put your amateurish, where it's kind of, it gets a little more juvenile because I think comedy is a little more centered in immaturity. And that's what, oh, it makes, yeah, it yeah. that's what it makes it
1: so fun. Yeah. It's yeah. that
0: reaction that we get, you yep. know, go yeah. to a room and get spanked or something like that. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Sarah, thanks for coming.
1: You're welcome. It was fun.
0: <laughs> it was. I hope it was funny for people. <laughs>
1: I, I hope I was at least mildly entertaining. I, don't,
0: we'll I hope because you, you write comedy, I hope your friends are like, all right, tell me a joke right now. Hopefully, hope they don't do that to
1: you. <laughs> I hope not either. <laughs>
0: yeah. Or you come to funerals like, Sarah's here. Do a joke
1: for us. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's your next character? Yeah. yeah. They, they'd get a uh, <laughs> long silence.
0: <laughs> well, good luck on to your Z-Fest. Can you give us the title of it? before? Um, you...
1: Sure. It's titled The Ripper.
0: The Ripper. The Ripper. Oh my God! There's so many avenues my brain's going. on with this. I
1: know. Yeah, right you won't now. know till you see it, <laughs> but it'll all make sense.
0: And then I'll do a satire of it of your film, and I'll call it the Zipper. <laughs>
1: do it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that 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 might work once you see the film. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. Well, Sarah, thanks for coming. And she knows it's not over till the guests say it's over.
1: Um, it's over. Bye, y'all. It's not over.